Hi, and welcome to Under an Open Heaven Podcast. We are glad you are joining us as we explore the reality of God's love expressed in Scripture and our own personal experiences. Thanks for joining us today as we explore the reality that we live under an open heaven. Enjoy! Hey, welcome back to the podcast. My name is Arthur Richardson. This week I have with me... Corey Luna. Hey, <laughs> On <she's> again. Back. <laughs> I'm just yeah. going to be friends with the podcast now. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, that's what Colton and I are. Yeah, yeah. exactly. So it's Also, the beautiful thing about it is that it's a nice excuse to hang out. Right? It's <laughs> like, we can hang out and then, oh yeah, we can, we can podcast. Oh yeah, we're going to podcast oh, yeah, too. That's right. Let's <laughs> we're go. doing it. <laughs> It's awesome. Yeah. Excuses to hang out are never a bad thing. Right? It's fantastic. I love it. Uh-huh. And we've just been chilling today. Mm-hmm. Did some well, work. We, Try to do some work. We, we have to. It's like 93 degrees, man. It's Yeah. <laughs> We're stuck inside what? together. What? Like, it's, it is too warm outside to do anything. Mm-hmm. Mm-mm. Yeah. And since it's so hot, we're sipping on some margaritas. Obviously. Handmade. Per- perfect summer drink. Between that and the mojito, mm-hmm. then perfect summer drink. <laughs> oh, yeah. Mojito is on point. On point. We on love point. it. We love it. It's so good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, kind of going off of last week and honestly what we've been talking about in our spiritual lives, there's... I think a call from Jesus to both of us to grow in maturity. There's a, there's a call admittedly um, to dive deeper into what what is, I think what it really just boils down to uh, refining the fact that have we, do we have a relationship with the, with an idea or do we have a relationship with a person? Yeah. You know, um, do we have a relationship with the father? Yeah. I think that's what it really boils down to. Um, like I, I went through an existential crisis because I prayed in the name of Jesus. Mm-hmm. I had this deep faith that it would happen, right? Mm-hmm. And like, there's a lot of like scripture passages that kind of support this idea that if you have faith and command the mountain to move, it will move. Mm-hmm. But the thing that we're taught subtly by Jesus is to keep our eyes on G- on, on the Father, mm-hmm. right? If the Father doesn't want the, mo- the mountain to move, it's not going to move. Yeah. Right? And just because I'm a Christian, just because I want the mountain to move does not necessarily mean that the Father wants that mountain to move, that my Father, for my benefit, wants that mountain to move, you mm-hmm. know? There could be, through the struggle and the pain, quite a bit of joy that comes from that. Or it's just a mountain he wants me to climb. You know, yeah. for whatever reason, that is unknown to me, yeah. right? So um, I have a scripture passage in mind that I kind of want to use to point this out here real quick, um, and it's it's the raising of Lazarus. Mm. Um, this is a long one. Um, I'm not going to read all of it. I'm going to summarize. But buckle up. <laughs> right. I'm just going to summarize it a bit. Um, so Jesus, Jesus is preaching and healing. And he gets word that one of his really good friends has died. Mm. Really, really close friends. One of probably considerably outside of his apostles and his disciples that are following him around, his best friend. Mm -hmm. Arguably. Could be. And he gets word and he waits two days and travels. And his friend, when he gets to this place, when he arrives, has been dead for four days. So he's very, very dead. 
It's not just like, like he's, maybe. <laughs> it's not like, oh, well, you know, he just died. Jesus, do you think you could grab his soul and put it back real quick? You know, mm-hmm. it's like he's dead. He's he's rotting. Like it it's gross. In fact, when he tells them to roll back the stone, they argue with him saying, "No, there's a stench." Mm-hmm. <laughs> um like it's not a good idea. This is not a good idea. <laughs> Um, and when Jesus confronts Mary, uh, not his mother, but Mary, his friend, the sister of Lazarus, mm-hmm. she says, yes, I believe in the resurrection. But what she doesn't say is that I believe that you can bring him back now, mm-hmm. which is interesting. It, it goes to show that there's, that Jesus will work with our limited faith, but also we have to keep our eyes on God there's like this tension that we have to be able to anticipate that the mountain will move. Yeah. That the dead can be raised, but have our eyes on the father in anticipation that it can happen, mm-hmm. but watching to see what he's going to do. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm going to pick up kind of where Jesus is about to ask to be brought to the, the tomb. So Jesus perturbed again, came to the tomb It was a cave and a stone lay across it. Jesus said, take away the stone. Martha, the dead man's sister, said to him, Lord, by now there'll be a stench. He has been dead for four days. Jesus said to her, did I not tell you that if you believe, you will see the glory of God? So they took away the stone and Jesus raised his eyes and said, Father, I thank you for hearing me. I know that you always hear me. But because of the crowd here, I have said this, that they may believe that you sent me. And when he said this, he cried out in a loud voice, Lazarus, come out. The dead man came out, tied hand and foot with burial bonds. And his face was wrapped in a cloth. So Jesus said to them, untie him and let him go. So my thoughts right off the bat with that, why I wanted to read that is because it's very clear and evident that Jesus is looking to heaven, watching how the father wants to raise, how his father wants to raise Lazarus from the dead. Mm-hmm. Anticipating even when he got that news, yeah. Father, how, when do you want me to go? He had his eyes raised to heaven already. He wasn't just dilly-dallying. He was anticipating what God wanted to do. He was watching his father at work already. And he knew this was a, a, a dead man that he wanted to raise up to life, which is interesting because Lazarus died again. Mm. He did. Yeah, that's the reality, right? Yeah. So I don't know. I've just been, I've really been reflecting recently on how do I have a clear vision in maturity past? Okay. I believe that God can do miracles. I believe God can do miracles through me. I can do miracles because he loves me. Mm-hmm. I can do miracles with him as a co-creator. Yeah. But bringing that into maturity of, but which miracles do you, my father want to work? Mm-hmm. That, that for me has been, 
That's been the mountain that I've had to climb recently. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. Well, and it has to do like, um, with really being confident about the Lord's word, right. Of being like, I, um, I'm not just getting excited about, um, doing things I'm listening to and looking for and feeling the movements of God and, um, and looking for the confirmations of like fruit in, in what I'm saying and doing, right. It's not just, um, like getting excited about being like, I can pray over people or I can do this or that. Right. Then, then it's just like, um, yeah, like a, um, maybe childish sort of treatment Mm -hmm. of gifts and of, um, the power of God. Right. Um, instead of saying like, Lord, like intentionally, um, what do you want to do? Right. Mm -hmm. And, um, and that takes a lot of sacrifice, especially when it when it comes to praying into things in our own lives, right? Mm-hmm. Of um, having to um, maybe not distance, like distance ourselves. I don't think that's the right word, but like, but hold things. Uh, I I just heard Mir- Sister Miriam refer to some of like her ministry like that of mm. holding things loosely. Yeah. Being like how um a holy indifference. Yes, of how willing am I to allow God to have this thing mm-hmm. like for greater or for worse, you know? Like Oh yeah. You know, of uh, like whether I'm fearful or not, am I willing to um me and a coworker were actually ta- well, past coworker were speaking about this recently actually of just like um of uh, Moses and the Israelites and how many opportunities that, um, like lit, like listening to God's word in every moment after Egypt was so important mm-hmm. of the Lord being like, Hey, like, I'm going to like, I'm going to give you food. I'm going to give you things to sustain yourself, but I'm going to make you wait three days, but yes, but also I'm not going to like, don't keep it mm-hmm. like use all of it. Like in the fact that he was like that deliberate and that specific, right? Like in like waiting to see if his people would trust him enough to listen. Yep. Right. And, um, and when they did save it, it molded, right? Yep. Like it grew worms. It was disgusting. Uh-huh. But yeah. then when he didn't, right. When he said, um, to save save up things, right? Mm-hmm. When he said, yes, this is the time you need to prepare, right? Yeah. Like, then, like, you know, like, then uh, they had to take the risk of being like, is it going to mold again? You know, mm-hmm. can we trust, like, what God actually says to us, right? Yeah. What he's actually speaking to our lives right now. Not generally, not, like, generally what he might say, like, for people, like, um, but, like, to us in this specific situation mm-hmm. like is this what he's saying and are we following like that prompting that he puts on our heart yeah and like and there's a certain amount where that that feels like testing right and it yeah. is kind of testing right but it's it's a crude way to say it but right it's 
the thing is, is that it's the best word that we've got for it, but the connotation that we have with that word doesn't match what what God is actually trying to get exactly. with us. Exactly. What it really is, is like um, movements and relationship. Like yeah. when we become close, like whether it's a significant other or a friendship, like when we become closer to somebody, when we become more intimate with somebody, then that comes with trusting that person's word, mm -hmm. right? If they say they're going to do something, right? Then we have to trust that they're going to do it. Yeah. If they say they're going to like love us, um, despite like um something that we did or said or like that they're going to like be there mm -hmm. when we ask them to be like then that takes a certain amount of trust right right it's not a test right but it is it is like um growth in yep. relationship right and um with like uh, Moses and the Israelites and the Lord right like mm -hmm. we see these opportunities for growth yeah. for the Israelites, not, um, like, uh, again, like I said, testing is a crude word, but, um, but they were opportunities in growing and, um, like being the people that like, um, the, the holy, like city, you know, the holy, um, people that the Lord was building them up to be. Right. Right. Yeah. And in a way, I think the best way to even understand it is that it's just, it was God's nature to provide. Yeah. It is God's nature to provide in a way that refines our souls. Yeah. And work out the sense of scarcity mentality yeah. that, they, that they had, right? So yeah, that, they like, were literally living as slaves, yep. like with constant scarcity. Yeah. So there was an absolutely purpose to that, you know? Yeah. There... I think we we can often look at our own lives. I'll, I'll give you an example. Um, when I was younger and discerning between priesthood and married life, yeah, um, in singlehood, outright singlehood was just off the table. Yeah, um, there's no point in that in my head, you know, at that time. Um, which, whatever, you know. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's, it's fine. It's fine. It's whatever. Anyway, it's the past. <laughs> it's the past. I had this struggle of feeling this pressure of God, what do you want from me? Mm. This, this immaturity in a desire to do God's will, but being told that God has a primary and permissive will. Yeah. And assuming what that meant is God has one, one design for your life. And if you don't make that, if you don't guess it, well, you're going to be miserable. Mm-hmm. That's a lot of pressure, especially when you go to confession, pour out your, like all the, you know, sins and yeah, just negative inclinations that you might have on a bad day. Yeah. And the priest says, you know, you make a great priest. It's like, you just screwed up my life. <laughs> <laughs> Father, did you not just hear what, everything I just said? Sir? <laughs> like, I know you meant that as a compliment, but like it hurt. <laughs> You're not helping. <laughs> Please move over. <laughs> yeah. Um, that actually happened multiple times. Uh, Gosh, people need to stop doing that. Uh -huh, like, uh -huh. like, can you just, can you just give me encouragement that doesn't tell me what vocation I need to do? Like, yeah. Well, I had multiple old ladies tell me that for sure. Old I ladies. Was, oh, yeah. That's what they do. For sure. Call the priesthood. <laughs> um, 
And yeah, you know, there might have been a call to priesthood, but there wasn't a call to celibacy. Mm. And those two calls are actually separate. Yeah. yeah. We have combined them in the Western church. It, but the fact of the matter is, and, and it's something that we in the Western church, even in the, the when I got my degree in, at the seminary. Yeah. It's just something we like acknowledge and move on real quick. Yeah. <laughs> um, that being said, um, I was struggling because I, I knew I didn't want to live alone. I knew that if, yeah. if God was calling me to priesthood, I couldn't do diocesan. I'd have to do some sort of religious life. Mm-hmm. But even then, I knew that what my heart longed for was more than just brotherhood. Yeah. So anyway, long story short. I eventually ran into something that gave me some peace and it was from uh, a little nun who five or six years after becoming a nun Mm. said, I finally understand my vocation. Yeah. It is to love. Okay, cool. Cool. Thanks. (laughs) Thanks. That actually gives me a lot of peace because you figured that out after you went into your vocation. Yeah. And you realize that your vocation is not necessarily to only be a nun yeah okay mm-hmm. cool so that gave me the 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 wisdom to step back let go of the anxiety about anticipating what god wanted me to do yeah and just listen to to him in the moment yeah so rather than trying to come up with a big decision right now yeah being able to say, all right, what are we working on today? Yeah. You know, what do you want me to keep today? What do you want me to give up yeah. today? You know, like th- those things. And that eventually led to me finding my wife. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and honestly, like, I always feel like that's what the Lord um, brings me back to pretty often in prayer, even now, mm-hmm. of like what um, we can pray about big plans. Yep. But like, um, I always feel like he redirects me and says, like, this might be a big thing on your heart, but, like, I want you to bring it to me today. Yep. Like, and, like, it will be made clear, you know, yep. but, like, what, like, come to me today. Like, where is um, your, like, w- Lord, what do you want me to be dependent on, mm-hmm. like, with you today? How do I need to be loved today? Yeah. You know, and it's such a frustrating thing because it's like, I want to plan, like I want to like figure out things or I just want like comfort in the position that I'm at right now. But like, um, but at the end of the day, it's like, um, the Lord might give you that word, mm-hmm. right? In two days and three days, what, whatever, like, yeah. who knows? Who but knows? at the end of the day, like how those words come to you, how, that like those moments um of like insight come to you it comes to you like through intimacy through Mm -hmm. like the lord um like speaking to you slowly over amounts of time i always felt like the lord um in general like he'd give me um like feelings kind of being like not just feelings but like (laughs) kind of like a insight of being like i feel like like this is kind of the direction and then slowly would like build a framework to yeah. that insight like yeah. generally and yeah. um and then get more specific and so mm-hmm. 
it was almost like a puzzle that like in different bigger decisions for me, like he would make clear over time, you know, through our, um, being coworkers through our being, um, like in, I don't know, just in, uh, intimacy and relationship over Mm -hmm. time, you know, that because of like, I wanted to trust him and wanted like to grow with him more. Um, then that revelation came because of the relational aspect of it. Right. Yeah, absolutely. So it came with learning and growing with him. Right. And that's kind of the beautiful thing when it comes to our own spiritual lives, there is a holy indifference that God wants to have with us. And I think in a lot of ways, when we're trying to make good decisions, like deciding between two things. Yeah. He's trying to teach us how to have that spiritual holy indifference. Yeah. Where I don't know. I it's hard to it's hard to say. Yeah. Like, I I think that it's interesting like I mean, I don't feel like I've <laughs> I've gained that spiritual virtue yet because most of the time I feel like when um, he's asking me to um, uh, surrender like aspects of my life mm-hmm. or parts of myself. It usually always comes with me being like, Jesus, like this is really hard. You know, mm-hmm. like Jesus, like, wow, you're so kind to him. I know. Cause I mean, I feel like when you think about like holy indifference, you just think about somebody who's like so pious and so like peaceful and is just like, so free spirit yes you know like Like, so chill yes lord take that thing um to say in kind of like the gen z way he's so he's so zen zen (laughs) zen Zen. (laughs) (laughs) and and that's what i don't know i just always feel like um when i think of holy indifference i am like i am anxious or i'm um upset or i'm like still hurt um or afraid of what the unknown looks like, what the future looks like, what, mm-hmm. um, or even just what my current position, like, in life looks like, and, um, and like those acts of holiness look like, um, committing like to surrender, yeah, within chaos, right, yeah, within things of being like, I might not be fully happy about surrendering right now or might be like upset or angry or Mm -hmm. any of those things but um like and not to say that the lord can't transform us into more of a peaceful place with it but i think that like that choosing of saying like lord i'm recommitting myself right now yeah like um i think in times of real difficulty i've had to do that being like um, I like when I pray with people, like I lead a like surrender prayer of being like, I surrender like my past, my like future, my present. I surrender like the broken areas, the mm-hmm. wounds, like the black, bad places in my heart, but also like the, trauma. the joy, the happiness, like yeah. excitement. Like I like want to give you all of those things right now, Jesus, because I trust you. Mm-hmm. Um, and especially like real times of tribulation, it's like, I, I'm going to double down, right? Like I'm going to not just like, um, be kind of caught up in 
what those feelings are, but I'm going to double down and say like, Lord, um, I do believe, right. Mm-hmm. But I need you more, <laughs> you know, yeah. I need, I need you to double down, you know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, definitely. And I think that's just kind of the, the thing. I think the best way to approach this mystery of keeping our eyes on the face of the father through the emotional turmoil that we go through is learning from Jesus. I didn't read the passage, but it says early or right, right before that, um, that Jesus became perturbed and wept. It's one of the most powerful sentences within scripture. It's just Jesus wept. Mm-hmm. <sighs> Yet he kept his eyes on the father. I think that's where I mess up, you know? Yeah. I get so carried away with, I want this to move so bad that I allow, I just allow that to get in the way, you know? Yeah. There, this is, this is the part where theology almost needs to stop and relationship really needs to pick up. Yeah. Because I can try to explain it to you 50 different ways give you the breakdown of the science behind this of uh you know the, of the commonalities that we experience as humans yeah. um in this relationship but at the end of the day this is actually between you and jesus yeah this is, at the end of the day this is actually between you and the father mm-hmm. like how do you keep your eyes on the father when uh shit hit the fan yeah you know how do you do that I think it takes a lot of trial and error, you know? You ain't wrong. And honestly, that's one of the things that I really love about confession and and even other Christian um, expressions of crying out for forgiveness mm-hmm. is that we have the opportunity to go to God and say, I allow my emotions to get the better of me. I allow myself in the middle of my emotional turmoil to give myself an excuse for the, to try to find the quick fix. Mm -hmm. I tried and I am sorry because I ended up hurting myself and others. Yeah. Um, in my frustration that the mountain would not move. Yeah. To try to find some other, some other way. Mm -hmm. That was a quick fix. And, and honestly, that's, that's, I think, Kind of what it boils down to is like, how do we have maturity in that? You know? Yeah. And like, how do we, um, how do we build that, um, faithfulness over time? Uh, cause I know, I don't know for myself, I think that I, um, I really struggle with, um, because there's different times with the father. I, might just like um especially in like a desire to control a situation like Mm -hmm. i sometimes like put the blame back on myself like well god like you didn't fail me like i like failed me like i misunderstood or i like didn't hear correctly or Mm -hmm. i didn't do x y or z or whatever like i didn't pray good enough like Mm -hmm. you know like i didn't like and it's back to kind of that scarcity right right and um and and that's what we do over and over again like 
um, when we want to um, like cope, like there's a, either a blaming of the father or blaming of ourselves, right? right. And an external, like, and an internal, which isn't always bad. Like sometimes it's a natural thing to just... Oh, it's very much a natural yeah. thing to try to find a, a person to blame. Yeah, a blame or an answer or any of those things, right? But mm-hmm. like, I feel like as I get older, it's like um, most of the time, like there isn't, there's a lot of times there's not a clear answer right now mm-hmm. you know there's a lot of times like i might not understand right now um or i might like um have to just sit with like my brokenness or yeah. my like hurt and just wait mm-hmm. you know and at least like within america our like uh, consistent need for productivity and efficiency like uh like waiting is looked at as a like not a uh uh thing that like it's considered helps. a waste of time yes it seems like a waste of time instead yeah. of being like um pause and await um can be very beneficial like i mean just the fact i i've been thinking a lot like i don't know in my own sort of um season right now I've been thinking a lot about like how the disciples like felt in the midst of like Jesus's death yeah, and, and, and just the absolute like devastation mm-hmm. that probably felt like, especially like if you witnessed it, like of the amount of trauma that's there, but also the amount of like, I believed like he was God, you know, like, yep. and God doesn't die. Yeah. I believed that he would save us from the Romans. Yeah. That he would save us from sin. Yeah. And now he's dead. Yeah. Was I wrong? Was I wrong? Exactly. And not that that, like, I don't know. There, There's a certain amount of being like, okay, am I, um, am I, like, wrong or bad for considering that? No. You know? And that's the thing. It's like, I, I feel like I've, I've thought about that, of just being like, that lack of clarity and that lack of um yeah just that worry of being like was i like is what i'm believing wrong yeah or what is what i'm believing harmful or like what like that searching of being like why you know Mm -hmm. not not because i like dislike the lord or dislike my faith or like dislike myself but of like then like i just want to understand jesus like mm-hmm. what is happening then like yeah. why did you die why are you in a tomb why like and even with the lord with himself he was dead for days you know like yeah and and it's like i i mean maybe not specifically days you know what i mean um I, it was two and a half slash three yeah it's close enough um today kind of three plural (laughs) but but of that um despair of um like is like is everything that i have believed for this amount of time Mm -hmm. like been ridiculous or um hasn't been worth it or i think in our like our darker moments like our most unsure, more doubtful moments. It's like, I mean, and I always really empathize with Thomas of being like, like, 
desiring like that physicality like that tactile like I need to like feel the wounds in your side and in your hands like to really believe because like there's an amount of that nature where it's like like how is this real or how is this happening you know or it's it's almost whiplash (laughs) right right well it's almost even just like the I don't trust your eyes yeah I don't even know if I'd trust my eyes if I saw him. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I I need I need a, a double checker. Yeah. You know. Yeah, I think you kind of hit on something that really I think speaks to us or should speak to us when it comes to like dealing with this crap that hits our life mm-hmm. that makes it hard for us to keep our eyes on the Father. That makes it almost makes us almost question our faith Mm -hmm. or makes us outright question our faith. I don't think that's necessarily a bad thing. We Mm -hmm. just need to find the support to question Yeah, because it can be a scary thing and there will be a breakdown of faith. Mm -hmm. The thing that we need to be aware of is we need to be okay with breaking down the parts of our faith that we put too much emphasis on Yeah, that just doesn't actually correspond with truth in the correct understanding. Yeah. You know, I mean, going back to Augustine, right? Yeah. He was walking along trying to understand the Trinity, right? And this kid is running from the ocean to this hole trying to fill the hole. And he's like laughing at this kid because, you know, the little kid playing around. He's like, what are you doing? Kid says, trying to fill this hole, trying to fill the hole with the ocean. Yeah. He's like, you can't do that. And the kid turns it to him and says, Neither can you understand the Trinity. (laughs) (laughs) Not such a cute kid anymore. (laughs) Same thing. Well, I mean, it's understood that the kid was an angel, but like, just kidding. (laughs) (laughs) A snappish kid. Okay. (laughs) Shoo. All right. Come come from. Snappy kid. All right. (laughs) Uh huh. Moon. No, I mean, like that's kind of the the thing. If if we understand our faith to be what we can understand, we're going to be frustrated Mm -hmm. because God exists in a experiential level that is beyond ours yeah we cannot comprehend the trinity we cannot comprehend his existence we can know it we can articulate it to a certain extent mm-hmm. um but most of the time when we try we're going to sound overconfident we're going to say something is wrong yeah um yeah <laughs> <laughs> it seems like we in the catholic world we have uh, a mass, a, a, a Sunday each each year that's devoted to celebrating the mystery of the Trinity. And it seems like every single year the priests attempt to explain it. And every single year it's like, bad teaching Sunday. <laughs> <laughs> like, nice try, Father. <laughs> nice try, nice try. Like, it's okay, buddy. A good attempt. <laughs> <laughs> And that that's kind of my point is that like we so often put the emphasis in all the wrong places. Mm-hmm. Like if you look at the Pharisees ourselves, um, yeah. any other character in scripture, yeah. like whenever they doubt it, it's because they had the wrong emphasis. Yeah. They believe that. Jesus would be the new um, Davidic Messiah in the sense of war, 
he was going to bring about war. And here he is preaching peace to love your enemy. Yeah. (laughs) You know, he's preaching a leadership that's completely inverted from the sense of oppressing, you know? Um, And when we put the, our emphasis on all the wrong things, we're going to find ourselves frustrated. Yeah. Right. If we put our emphasis on, I have to provide for myself. We're going to be frustrated when God says, only take what you need for today. Mm-hmm. When we think, when we put our, when our emphasis in our life is, I should get what I want, when I want, how I want it. We're going to be frustrated when the mountain doesn't move, when we want it, how we want it. It's in the direction that we want it to move, you know? Yeah, yeah you're um, wrong. Even if it is objectively a good thing. Yeah. You know? Um, yeah. 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 There's, there's a lot there. Yeah. I I'm reminded of like a moment for me. Um, it was at a conference when they were, um, praying for, uh, people to receive like gifts from the Holy spirit. And, um, and I had never seen anything like that before. Mm -hmm. Um, and it got really intense really fast. Like, uh, somebody fell over and started screaming and, and like, my Lord. <laughs> and oh, and it was, it was intense. And like, and was there was different people. Was it actually an intent? Was it a circus? It was not. It was in a church. <laughs> oh, okay. My right. bad. My bad. <laughs> Just bad joke. Number one. <laughs> <laughs> but like, I, um, I like pe- different people were resting. Like I could tell there was like really like powerful things happening. Yeah. Um, but like my initial reaction was like I'm not good enough for this, mm-hmm. right? And um and I le- like I literally my jaw was like dropped by the like like 20 minutes in and like the the person that I'd come with was like, hey, do you need to go? <laughs> like I guess <laughs> I looked bad <laughs> being like my face was white. I was like. But I was kind of dealing with that internal reality of being like, I don't feel like I, like, am worth this. Like, I don't feel like, mm-hmm. um, I feel like I'm too broken, like, yeah. to receive this and to, like, use these gifts of the Holy Spirit, right? And, yeah. um, and it was funny because, like, coming away from that, I was like, that was such a lie. And, like, why did I believe that? And, like, I had such a lost opportunity there. Yeah. like. And I'm never going to get that again. Right. Like, so of just being like, but even that is a lie. Well, exactly. Exactly. So it's just like <laughs> these, um, but, but that is a mindset of scarcity, yeah. right. Of being like, I have to make those things happen. Like when it happens or I have to be good enough. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was funny cause the Lord had been teaching me a lot that year mm-hmm. about like, like my own identity and like what, like he how he wanted to work within our relationship. And it was probably about like nine months later, I was like, um, given a similar opportunity and like, he had done a lot to like work with me on saying like, like, this is not something that you earn. This is not something that you make yourself good enough for because Mm -hmm. it don't work like that. You Mm -hmm. know, like you're my beloved daughter. Right. And, like and it was such like a beautiful moment right yeah of of like the lord showing me that like 
even though like I felt broken or distressed or like um, chaotic in that moment of time, right? That like I wasn't able to receive like um, what he wanted to long-term give me in that moment, like that he was always waiting for another opportunity to give it to me. I mean, in a way, it almost sounds to me like he was prepping you for the one that was nine months later. Exactly, you know? exactly. Being like, um, but especially in these moments, right? Like, we're made for, like, theosis. We're made for transformation, right? Constant yeah. transformation. So that sort of, like... Um, Personally, I like divinization, but... Uh, you do. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Just throwing around our theology terms. Aren't we smart? <laughs> it's the same thing for you guys. Um, it's just theosis is the Latin uh, word, and then divinization is uh, the Byzantine Greek mm-hmm. Orthodox yeah that yeah. side the eastern side yeah yeah and like Same thing. <laughs> but this idea that like we are con- like by growing in holiness we're constantly transforming into like to be god right yeah and and just that fact is like that there are going to be different things that like uh, especially the like uh special terms of like deconstruction and reconstruction it's like mm-hmm. there's going to be consistently like these different parts of our life that are like consistently being rooted out yeah right of being like this is like especially like for me in the past like a place of rooting out has been like needing to be right being the lord the lord saying that like hey you know like we (laughs) like some of this is gonna be mysterious for you because do you care about what like my will is and about our relationship or do you care about being right or back then, like, do you, like, um, trust me and, like, trust that, like, I will work in you and through you, like, despite anything? Like, mm-hmm. or do you just think you have to be good enough for these gifts, right? Like, do you think that you are the proponent of these gifts? Right. I'm not, you know? So, um, we, I don't know, we, <laughs> we need hardcore lessons sometimes. We need... Um, those, uh, those crucible moments, which suck. They do. Yeah. Oh, they do. Um, I just want to, I just want to kind of support what you're saying. Cause it, we don't, we don't talk about divinization or theosis enough. This, I think there's just like this uh, obsession about some moral thing. Yeah whatever it might be making uh, all the right decisions and then you'll be holy <laughs> yeah yeah and if that's where our spirituality stops honestly that sounds kind of like a lame life to me um lame <laughs> lame and i don't think that's what jesus wants for us in fact i know it's not uh in john chapter 10 verse 34 jesus says uh, jesus answered them is it not written in your law i said you are gods mm. if it calls if it calls them gods to whom the word of God came, the scripture cannot be set aside. What he's pretty much saying is just this. He's taking he's taking a psalm and breaking it open of like what that actually means. Mm-hmm. He's saying, I want to be a part of you. I want you to be a part of me. And in this unity, you're going to find 
new life. You're going to find goodness and life that's worth living. Yeah. You're going to find peace and the ability to not have anxiety about the future. Mm-hmm. That's, yeah, so. Yeah, and at least just to kind of bring it more on the human level here. Yeah. Not just divinization and, uh, and theosis, but like, I think it's consistently like something to keep in mind that like the Lord will always have another opportunity mm-hmm. for like um, growth and like encounter and like love and like all of these things, right? The, yeah. the Lord, um, because of our identity, right? Like he consistently has opportunities for us to like be in relationship with him. Right. Mm -hmm. And like whether we're questioning or whether we're like fearful or whether any of those things, right. Like the Lord is um, consistently waiting to, to meet us like in, in where that place is. Right. No no matter like what, what place that we find ourselves in. And I think Mm -hmm. that like um, previously I didn't think that I could meet the Lord in that place. Right. Um, And uh, what difficult growth that I've been through. Like I like, that's a place that I generally go now. Like um, it's instead of being like blacking myself out from prayer for weeks because I'm don't feel good enough or I feel like, like crap. It's like, Lord, I don't have a lot to give you right now. And I just want you to meet me here. Yeah. Well, you can do a lot with a little. Yeah. Hashtag five pieces of bread. Multiplication. All righty. Well, I think that's a good place to stop. Uh, We could probably continue talking for the next three hours. Always. Always. (laughs) (laughs) Forever. (laughs) All righty. So I want to leave you guys with a challenge to sit down and have the courage to really face maybe some letdowns that you've had in prayer. Um, What was like that mountain that you really wanted to be moved or maybe what is the mountain in your life right now that you really want to be moved? Where do you want the clarity of, you know, maybe the step-by-step direction where maybe Jesus is calling you to work with him and make a decision with him? Or vice versa, where he's calling you to make a decision. You don't want to make that decision. <laughs> Classic. Classic. <laughs> you know, um, Yeah. Just beyond like the standard like discernment, having like that maturity to keep our eyes on the father of like making that decision, the maybe the more difficult decisions. Yeah. And having confidence to love him on a day-to-day basis, even when it's hard. Mm-hmm. And more importantly, going back to him when you failed. You know, I yeah. think that's that's huge right there. Mm-hmm. So with that, do you have any last final thoughts? I, yeah, I just think that, like, um, uh, specifically, like, in, um, like, feeling bold and, and being willing to risk in your prayer. Mm-hmm. Like, that the Father is not afraid of what you have to ask, is not afraid of what you feel. Um, that the Lord honors like our boldness and our risk, right? Like, Mm -hmm. you know what, like we might be wrong and we might like risk the wrong thing. Right. But the Lord 
um, will always work with that. Yeah. And will always like um, meet us in some of those risks of being like, I'm going to try something out or yeah. I feel like the Lord wants me to just like step out on that limb, you mm-hmm. know? And um, yeah, like, and <laughs> like being obedient to what the Lord is saying to us is hard. Um, but, and it might feel risky or like crazy, but mm-hmm. at the end of the day, like be, being obedient to that word and seeing what he does through it, seeing the fruits of it is the only way we learn. It's the only way that we grow. Yep. So don't be afraid. Be not afraid. Mm-hmm. I like it. Let's end on that one. Have a wonderful week. We'll see you next week. Take care and God bless. Bye. Bye-bye. Thank you all so much for joining us this week. We hope that this podcast blessed you. And we ask if it did, share that with the people that you love so that it can bless them as well. If you want to reach out to us, we are available on Facebook. We are under an open heaven. Our email address is under an open heaven.fire at gmail.com. And we are on Instagram at under an open heaven.fire. So Please go uh, give those a gander and send us any any feedback that you want. We would be happy to reply to you. God bless. Bye.